It's okay. Do you think you can get all your work done in four days? Well, I think I could, theoretically, if everybody else that I worked with also had a four-day work week. See, I have a lot of meetings, and how many meetings I have on what days really dictates how much I can other work I can get done on those days. So it really depends. Like, if my five days of meetings were squeezed into four days, then I wouldn't have enough time to get the rest of the work done. But if I just had less meetings, then maybe, but... You actually experimented with a four-day work week last year, and from what I remember, you hated it, right? I did the experiment. You can find the article on fastcompany.com <laughs> and in our show notes below. I didn't necessarily hate it, but I felt super stressed. And I should just clarify that my version of a four-day work week wasn't that I stayed home on Fridays. I more wanted to leave that open so I could do my deep thinking strategic work. You know, if you're familiar with Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Effective People. Which, by the way, you read in like high school, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, of course. Of <laughs> I course. think I, I, read, I read the teenage version <laughs> in high school. And then when I went to college, I read the adult version. You've been a highly effective person your whole life. I've but been continue. Trying. Yes, yes, continue. <laughs> but it's the kind of work that he calls the non-urgent but important quadrant. So in our field, that's kind of coming up with new projects that might broaden our audience, maybe thinking of ambitious story ideas. It's those little things that are really important and actually exciting to work on. But when you have so much day-to-day small work, it can kind of get pushed to the side. Yeah, and it's true. And that's, I mean, that's a great goal to have because, like you say, like that's the really important stuff of our work and like why we got into this field. But you found that also in this field, there's a, a degree, I mean, in a lot of fields too, like a degree of reactive work that we have to do, especially you know, for us around news. And you found it hard to like get everything done ahead of time, right? Yeah, exactly. And also it added extra pressure to finish everything in four days, which is not good for my type A imposter syndrome type <laughs> personality. I mean, I will say I learned really good work habits. Like I think the month I did the experiment, I finally realized how much of a time suck email is. <laughs> yes. Surprise, surprise. And I gave up on the idea of inbox zero. Um, at least, you know, I'm not so strict about doing it every day. And I stopped feeling guilty about using the delete button, which was a game changer. <laughs> yeah, I've never felt guilty about using the delete button ever in my life, ever. Yeah, I was also super ruthless about prioritizing. The thing is, though, I found that even the non-urgent and non-important tasks still need to get done. And so I found that that was quite difficult for me to figure out because the whole idea of the four-day work week is to have a better work-life balance. But I don't know, maybe I just wasn't as productive as I'd like to be in that four days. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing about the non-urgent and important work. Like, it still does have to get done and you can't have this idealized version where you're, like, only working on the big important stuff. Some people have figured out how to do it, though, and we need to find out how they do it. How do they do all their work in four days? We do indeed. Welcome to Secrets of the Most Productive People, a productivity podcast where we try to figure out how to work smarter instead of harder and dissect exactly how to get it all done. I'm Fast Company Assistant Editor Anissa Purvisari Horton. And I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor Kate Davis. This week we are talking about the four day work week. Is it a plausible reality or an impossible dream? Okay, so before we get into how to make a four day work week, well, work, Let's look at how we ended up with what we mostly accept as the standard, the 40-hour, 5-day, 9-to-5 schedule. So it was actually spurred after the Industrial Revolution in the early 1900s when factory workers were pulling 100-hour work weeks, which was, of course, horrendous for health and safety. Eventually, after years of lobbying and political pressure, it led to the Fair Labor Standards Act, which limits the law to a 40-hour standard work week. 
And for generations, that's now what's been accepted as a standard in factory work, but also in a lot of white collar jobs. Yeah, of course, many jobs in corporate America aren't exactly clock in, clock out types of work. So sure, nine to five are the hours that people are expected to be on and in the office. But many people work much more than that. Even if, as we've learned in the past episode, people tend to overestimate how much work they do in a week. In any case, we're definitely not meeting the prediction of economist John Maynard Keynes. He thought that as technology advances, we would actually work less and have time for leisure. Like, I think he expected that we'd work like 15-hour weeks and have a five-day weekend. Oh, was that supposed to be like by now? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) we're behind. I know, we're really behind. Five-day weekend, that sounds... Amazing. I yeah, know, and we're, right? <laughs> we're, we're definitely not there yet. And I think that brings us to the first like obstacle of the four-day work week. Employees are working longer hours than they are technically required to work. So a lot of people, even if they are saying, I work 70 hours a week and they really only work 50, they're still working more than that 40 hours. Yeah. So how is it realistic to expect them to do five days worth of work into four? Yeah, so the most recent study about the four-day work week actually came from my tiny home country of New Zealand, hmm. where a trust and estate planning firm, Perpetual Guardian, swapped their five-day, 40-hour work week to a four-day work week. So I just want to say that New Zealanders do have the reputation of being more relaxed about work than Americans, and that's definitely true. But if you look at the OECD data, they work just as many hours on average. But they take long vacations. They right? do take long vacations. And they don't feel guilty about it, I no, learned. No, yes. yes, that is true. But anyway, their experiment was successful. The CEO said that he found the employees got very creative and ruthless about prioritizing their time. And he found that performance actually improved, as did morale and work-life balance. Oh, I can definitely see morale improving for sure. Like, your employees are going to be happier if they don't feel that FaceTime requirement, which yeah. I think a lot of people feel, even if they're doing that like fake work or they're whatever, they're like, oh, I have to be at my desk because it and looks... And they're online shopping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Minimize that window quick, right? But I'm totally working. Yeah. When I have to like work ahead because there's a holiday or vacation, like I make it work. If you have no choice and you have to get your work done in that amount of time, you find a way usually. And some lower priority, non-urgent things drop. And yeah, you're right. You have to pick them up at some point. Aside from meetings, when you have a certain amount of time to get things done and you don't have wiggle room, you find a way to prioritize or delegate or let go of some things. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. I will say, though, I find those weeks really stressful and I don't really know if I want that level of pressure that we have pre-vacation or Mm -hmm. pre-long weekend every single week. Because I think what will end up happening is just that I'll work longer hours from Monday to Thursday, so I'll be more anxious during those days. And that kind of defeats the whole idea of the four-day work week in the first place. Yeah, and there's you know there's actually a lot of different ways to do a four-day work week that a lot of different workplaces that experiment with it do. We do this, and a lot of workplaces do this during the summer for Summer Fridays. So for us, uh, for Summer Fridays, when we've had them before, it's we just end a little bit early on Friday, so we still work that day. And I don't think that it really meets because it's a slower season. So I don't think it really means that people work longer hours. Mm-hmm. But in some offices, that's exactly what it means. So you have to everyone works longer hours Monday through Thursday kind of in exchange for having Friday off. For some companies, they find that that really saves them money because they don't have to pay for their company to be operating a whole day that week. You know, office space and, and all of that. Bill. Electricity. You can rent your <laughs> office is. out. Yeah, exactly. And for many people, their productivity dips on Friday afternoons anyways, so the company isn't really getting the best work out of their people that day. So kind of benefits them too to not bother. That is so true, and I never thought about it that way, but there's probably a lot of people who do just clock out by, you know, 2 p.m. Friday or whenever that is. 
I think sometimes also financial realities can make it hard to make a four-day work week work. Like I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was in 2015, online education company Treehouse famously touted its four-day work week policy. I think a year later, they had layoffs in the company, so they were forced to move back to a five-day work week. And I think that goes back to the point about the fact that a shortened work week can defeat the purpose if the workload and expectations are the same. I mean, like, if you're already working hard during a five-day work week and assuming you're not spending hours procrastinating or wasting time, not having the extra day can just make it difficult. And of course, this is all assuming that you're in a position to influence or introduce a four-day work week in the first place. If you're an employee, it's not as simple as announcing, hi, boss, by the way, I'm going to stop coming into work on Fridays from now on. Yeah, probably. I mean, imagine if I did that, Kate. I mean, I think it's a longer discussion. Um, You know, like, what can you do if you think that a four-day work week would be good for you or for others in your office? Well, we're going to give you some tips on how you can convince your boss to let you have a four-day work week based on an article that we wrote from one of our writers, uh, Lindsay Tiger. So here are the tips. Here are three tips. You might want to write this down. Number one, use data. Hopefully you wouldn't go into a salary negotiation without having done your research in terms of what your market salary is and some sort of tangible metrics to illustrate why you're worth that pay raise. And asking for flexible working arrangement pretty much requires the same kind of due diligence. You have to make the case that it's beneficial to the company. You have to show them how you plan to do the same amount of work in shorter days. And you also need to lay out your plan of action and articulate the research that shows how short focused periods are actually the way to go for you. Number two, propose an experiment. After all, just like Anissa, you might not end up liking working a four-day work week. So ask your boss to try it for a week or two. Allow them to assess how you did. And sometimes they'll need to see that you'll, I mean, basically, they'll probably need to see that you'll be just as productive in that short amount of time. And after you can show them that, they're more likely to be on board with it. Number three, push for a compromise. Sometimes no amount of research and numbers can change your boss's mind or their boss's mind. In that instance, try to see if you can propose an alternative that lets you have more control over your schedule. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Do you want to work from home on Fridays? Do you want to come in a little later because your chronotype really doesn't suit working at 9 a.m.? It might just take one little change, but maybe that's all you need rather than, you know, asking for a four-day work week. Yeah, it's about thinking about, like, the bigger picture. I think that's a great place for us to introduce our guest, who is all about looking at the bigger picture and figuring out how to work in flexible and different ways. Today we're joined by Sarah Sutton, the CEO and founder of FlexJobs, a career website specializing in telecommuting, flexible, freelance, and part-time job listings, and the founder of Remote.co, a digital resource for remote teams and companies. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. So first, what is your experience with a four-day work week? Do you work a four-day work week? Have you ever worked one? Personally, I have not. Um, I've long been a fan of the concept. Uh, but in terms of our our organization, we are completely flexible. And in most cases, that hasn't equated to a formal four-day four work week, uh, but more of a, a flexing of our schedule. Um, and in general, though, I think the four-day work weeks can work really well for a lot of employers. Yeah, so both of us are pretty skeptical about the realities of it, particularly in our industry. Um, What are your thoughts on what kind of workplaces would suit the four-day work week and where it might be, you know, more difficult because of its realities? 
I think that's a great point, and I actually think that that's probably the, the biggest area that's holding it back, uh, is that expectations are still that we operate on a five-day work week, and a lot of companies feel that pressure. Um, there are certain, certain roles uh, and areas that would be really difficult, even in a company that wanted to adopt a, a four-day work week across the board, uh, that would be pr pretty problematic for most models, such as um, tech support, uh, customer support, anything where, you, you know, that is keeping your, your, in this day and age, website running, for one, um, and your customers happy. Uh, I think that those are two areas that are challenging. Um, I think companies that are a little more autonomous, I mean, I think certainly a lot of things like graphic design, creative fields, um, product-oriented, uh, where you're creating products and you can kind of create your project schedule. Um, so I think that the growth of the freelance economy is actually something that's going to help drive this. Freelancers can own their schedule and create when, when and where and how they want to work with a lot more autonomy um, and independence than, than employees. Have you seen any companies try to implement it and it's failed? Why do you think it doesn't work at some companies? Or, and what have you seen where companies have tried to implement it and it has worked? Well, I mean, there's, there's not a ton of published studies on it. One of the biggest ones in the states that I was aware of is the Utah state government. But they did it for a few years. Uh, and they instituted a 410 um, work week with Fridays off for everyone in the Utah state government. And part of the, the, the initiative behind it was, of course, to reduce costs within the, the government, um, as well as the environmental impact uh, and traffic and pollution and things of that nature. And then the, you know, the employee satisfaction side also. Um, they, they did it for a while and they had a lot of success in terms of the cost savings. They ended up reverting, and as I recall, it was based primarily on expectations from the public. That it was, you know, it's a government agency and they should be open five days a week. I think that that was a challenge, but they had a lot of data that showed that it, it did work on a lot of the fronts that they were hoping to accomplish. But employers ha often historically have looked at scheduling and um, things that would enhance employee or worker lifestyles as simply warm and fuzzy. But quite honestly, they impact productivity and stress reduction and team building and creativity and all of these other areas. Um, and loyalty to the company that are really impactful for organizations and can help help drive a lot of areas of success. Um, so I think that those kinds of successes are really important for companies to note. Yeah, that kind of brings me to my next question, because if you're an employee and you know all of that, and maybe for whatever reason you feel like you are better off working a four-day schedule rather than a five-day schedule, like what advice do you have for requesting a four-day work week or maybe, you know, something that's a little bit more flexible? Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, there's a couple of pretty practical and pragmatic steps I recommend people take. Um, first, look around, uh, do your due diligence, and see if any of your colleagues in your organization, whether they're in your role or department or, or not, but look if they're having some type of flexibility that's comparable to what you want. Um, and if not, <clears throat> looking for other kinds of flexibility, period. Um, and take them out to coffee. Ask them how they got it. Ask them how it's working. What were their manager's challenges? Just kind of do a little, you know, ad hoc research. And then also certainly look at your, your HR policies. Uh, that's part of it. It's not as far along as we'd like because a lot of companies hide their flex. And they, they have it as informal, casual flex arrangements versus uh, formal formalized. So it's good to look at both. But looking at your, around at your colleagues and, and looking at what they have and, and doing research there is smart. The other thing is to really assess what you do in your day. 
look at what you want and consider from your boss's perspective and your colleague's perspective, what would the cons be? So I, I noticed you keep saying 410. Do you mean four days of work that are each 10-hour days? Yes. So that's really interesting because we were talking about that and about like, okay, does a four-day work week mean four longer days or does it mean less work? And I know that, um, you know, in, there was, there's been predictions about the future of work and how much technology is going to make our jobs easier and take away some of our tasks. And it's been predicted that we'll be down to like 15 hour work weeks and, and have five day weekends. Like, do you think we're going to be there at some point? Do you think there'll be less work to do? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, that, the question of future of work and whether we're going to be able to get down to 15-hour work weeks, um, you know, certainly hasn't happened within 100 years that, that John Maynard Keynes predicted. I am a little bit of a, a skeptic that it's going to happen as fast as people, well, in some conversations, are, they're saying it will. Um, I certainly believe it should be an ambition of ours, though, as a society. I mean, America's not the only one. We work a lot. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why having more time to, to pay attention to our lives uh, and then looking at all the societal challenges we have going on around us, um, the importance of spending time with family and community and giving back to, you know, education and taking care of the environment and all and physical activity and health and stress reduction and all of these different things. So I absolutely am a believer in heading towards a shorter work week, but is it right over the you know the horizon I, I unfortunately don't think so yeah it does seem like there's a lot of benefits to it both for companies and for individuals but it's like getting the the mindset shift in expectations across the board like you can't one company has a hard time doing it unless everybody they do business with does it as well yeah you know it's it's really something frustrating to me and a lot of the resistance that companies, have about any of these kinds of flexibility, um, especially things like flexible and alternative schedules and remote work, are that if they can't see people, they're not working. And also this sense of helicopter managing. By and large, our management culture still, still, despite all the technology that and research and studies that show us that's not actually beneficial or even, you're not even capable of doing it with this day and age of technology as well as as people think they are, they still rely on FaceTime and kind of punching that clock and making sure that you're working your hours. And I mean, you just have to draw everyone's expectations back that that equals success because it doesn't. It's not sustainable. Yeah, I saw a great, I mean, it was actually, you know, not to name names, but it was about Elon Musk. And it was saying, if you have to brag about how many hours you're working, then you're, you're doing something wrong. It's a, it's a mark that you're not doing something right if you're bragging about how much you're working. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I started my career in the internet boom um, in the mid-90s. And I, you know, I was I dropped out of college to start my first company. And it was an entry-level job site. And we, we did. We, I mean, we, we also had RVs that toured college campuses. So we, and our average age was 23 in the organization for a while. Um, so we did. We slept at the office. We slept in the RVs. We worked, you know, nonstop. So I think there's different times in your life where that's very energizing, and uh, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. And most of us are not in places in our lives where that is sustainable or desirable for any period of time. Yeah, and it's not it's not necessary in a lot of fields as well. 
and it's counterproductive. I mean, study after study after study shows that after you work X number of hours, and usually it's somewhere around 45, 50, um, with some of them going a little higher, but after that, it's a, it's a loss on return dramatically. Yeah, so you mentioned that, you know, companies are kind of are still seeing things like the four-day work week as a wellness fluffy thing, um, but then we do see interest in that and companies being you know, starting to write about it or just implementing it. How do you envision the four-day work week working in corporate America in about five to 10 years? Oh, um, fringe. Having been in the work flexibility industry for, for the last almost 13 years, um, and really when, when we started with remote work, remote work was fringe just 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, very fringe. And it's come a long way. Uh, so I'd love to think that four tens will come as far and as as fast as remote work has. But nonetheless, even with remote work coming pretty far, um, it's still looked down on um, in the mass majority of corporate America. But flexibility and that kind of the ability that technology allows us to have workers in different time zones, for example, um, with remote work, without necessarily forcing them to work hours that don't work for their lives um, and allowing some people, I mean, having that kind of fluidity and schedule uh, with some workers having, and I don't even mean fluidity that they just pick their hours. I just mean within your man, your employee pool or worker pool, being able to say, you know, this person really wants to work from 6 a.m. until 2 p.m. so that they can be home in the afternoons with their kids um, or whatever the reason is. Uh, but yet I have another employee who is a total night owl and would by far rather work from, from you know, 4 p.m. until 2 a.m. or whatever it is. So you can kind of acknowledge that we all work differently and identify the ways that people work the best um, when, how, and where. Yeah, it sounds like through all of this, it's kind of a individual basis rather than the whole nation is going to, to revert to a four-hour or four-day work weeks, four-hour works. Huh? Um, well, don't get me wrong. I'd love it if they did, but it would have to be a federal mandate. And yeah. That is, um, you know, even with these these other areas that have far more research behind them that are definitively equaling more productivity and engagement, there's still been no federal mandates on those. Yeah. So it's, it's just a long shot. Yeah, it's a long way off. So maybe not in the next... Uh, five to ten years, but in hundred years from now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and, and in Europe, certainly there's a lot more happening, and other you know other more progressive countries like New Zealand. Um, you know, I mean, France instituting the shorter work week. I mean, there's definitely things happening, but there's a lot of conversations about this stuff, and I think that for employers, forward-thinking, smart, intelligent employers who want to stay competitive, and especially in more competitive workforces like we have now. If you want to retain your great workers, you need to look at what works for them in terms of their schedule. Yeah, 100%. I've heard that it's one of the benefits that people look for the most when they're looking for a job. Absolutely, especially amongst the millennials and younger generations. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. Offer flexible work if you want to hire people. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I think and kind of unsurprisingly, the biggest takeaway from what Sarah said and kind of what we've been researching and looking at, too, is that it's probably not going to happen anytime soon on a widespread John Maynard Keynes, like everybody works 15 hours. This is what society is like way and probably will more likely happen on an individual 
flex time. I work from home sometimes. I work a little bit later in the mornings. I'm in a different time zone sort of way. Yeah, because ultimately what I feel like she was saying was that it's not about having a prescriptive four-day work week type arrangement, right? It's about thinking what you can do to take more control over your work schedule. Because the reason why people aren't happy about the 40-hour work week is because they feel like they have to be tied to their desk Mm -hmm. from a certain hour to a certain hour when they don't really have to and they it's It's, the fact that they feel restricted that they can't do that yeah and i think it's a a slow change for everybody in like for managers and for employees to just look at work in a different way and to have you know like what she was saying about the the micromanaging bosses of you need to see you know your person sitting in their chair at their desk and if they're not then they're not working and it becomes more about um you know as they say like deliverables like are you producing the the amount of work that you're supposed to do why do i care if i can see you when you're doing it you know i mean i think there's a certain amount of you need to be present for maybe certain meetings or in you know there is some some work that has to happen in person or at least over the phone but you know so so there has to be some kind of hours that do overlap but the whole concept of like you have to sit here for 50 hours a week to prove that you're working is becoming more and more an antiquated idea and people are realizing that yeah, and it also goes back to, she mentioned a little bit about what we've talked about in our previous episode of Dan Pink is, well, what works for one person might not work for another. And maybe some people, for some people, the four-day, you know, the 40-hour work week works well and they work really great from nine to five. But maybe for others, nine is impossible and they might need to, they might like working in shorter bursts and taking longer breaks. Or- yeah, and I think it's it's it all comes down to talking to your manager and figuring out what works best for you and how you work best and what works you know best for the company as well like you know I've talked about it before I work from home two days a week and um, it works really well for how I can get my work done um, in having that time to focus and I'm in the office the other days and so I have my time to be to do that face-to-face time and it helps me actually get my work done better and I think once you you kind of establish that with your manager or figure out how you work best it should work that's a lot of work. <laughs> work, work, work. Yeah, it's about being honest and also understanding how you work best. I think that one of the reasons why a lot of people struggle with the 40-hour work week is that it doesn't really give them the space and time to understand that. But you need. I feel like you need to understand what works best for you and then you can bring it up rather than just kind of blanketly asking for something that you don't even know is going to make you more productive. Because you didn't like a four-day work week when you worked when you worked that. So, yeah, maybe it doesn't work for you. Figuring out what is best for you and subsequently best for your company, you know, it's it probably doesn't necessarily look like the standard work week that we've all been accustomed to. Yeah, we've been forced to be accustomed to. <laughs> And that's it for this week's episode of Secrets of the Most Productive People. What are your thoughts about the four-day work week? Has your company tried it? Do you think you can get everything done in that time? Or does the thought of working a four-day work week make you more stress, like it did for me? Join us in two weeks when we'll be talking about how to make a to-do list that really works. And in the meantime, you can find more articles about the four-day work week in our show notes below. And you'll also find our three tips on what you can do to convince your boss to let you try the four-day work week in our You Might Want to Write This Down segment in those notes as well. 
And of course, you can follow Fast Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Secrets of the Most Productive People is produced by Shannon Berner, who has found a way to work an eight-day work week. (laughs) 